Hello and welcome to Living the Queen Life, a podcast by Queen of My Own Universe. I'm your host, Margaret Foley, and I am the Queen of My Own Universe. Living the Queen Life podcast showcases the stories of ordinary women doing extraordinary things and brings to you advice, helpful tools and tips and inspiration about how you too can live a life that you love. I believe that every woman is the queen of her own universe, and I'm on a mission to empower you to believe in and lean into your full potential. Think, feel, and live like a queen. There's no one as special as you. Welcome to another episode of Living the Queen Life. In this episode, I'm joined by three incredible women, Ildi, Kirsten and Pooja from The Time Fix. Now, I don't know about you, dear listeners, but there are some weeks when time just seems to fly by and other weeks where the days just drag on and on. And some weeks I feel really organized and like I've completely got everything under control. And then the following week, I feel like I'm just completely all over the place. And yet there's almost nothing on my schedule. So in this conversation, we take a dive into the different personality types when it comes to our relationship with time. We challenge whether time really is a construct and what being productive, yes, the P word, what being productive actually means. So if you need a little inspiration to help you get and feel more organized and less busy, then this is the episode for you. So Ildi, Kirsten and Pooja, welcome to the Living the Queen Life podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. I am so excited to have you on today. And this is a topic that as I've been preparing for today, I'm kind of going, "Mm, I'm curious about what my relationship with time is, because some days I feel that I've got time on my hands and then other days I feel like I don't have enough time. So I'm excited to go and explore how I can have a mindset around time. Um, I'm going to chat about productivity. And really, I think for our listeners who are all, for the most part, super busy women, let's explore how their relationship with time and their sense of time um, can change their lives for the better. But maybe, Ildi, maybe you want to kick us off and talk to us a little about where where did this all start? Because, you know, I'm sure you didn't wake up, one, you know, one day when you're little and go, I would like to be a productivity expert. And I'm sure there's no university course for this. So tell us all about how did the time fix get started? Well, yeah, that, there's no uni course that you can take to <laughs> to become a productivity coach. I think that that, that kind of just happens to you. Um, and... Um, how did it happen to me? Well, we arrived to Australia about 15 years ago with my two girls and seven, seven, almost eight years now uh, ago, I was going through a divorce, um, which probably many of uh, our, our listeners can relate to. With two young children, I suddenly had to up my game from, you know, paying for dance classes and swimming classes and the little knickknacks uh, to actually supporting my two girls. And um, I know these two girls can... Uh, support me on this sentence mm-hmm. when I say that I'm missing the organized genes. So out of the three of us, I'm probably the most disorganized one. Um, and uh, uh, the reality is that I, uh, because I was conscious uh, that I, I need to up my game, I was looking for tools that can help me. And I started to read a lot and kept complaining about not being able to, to find the decent planner that would help me 
keep everything focused and in one place until one of my beautiful friends said to me, shut up and make one. So um, it all, all we love started friends with like that. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, so it all started with creating a planner because in the end, uh, that's one of the most visual tools that you can have to help you on the journey to become more productive. And um, uh, once I created the planner, I started to sell it uh, because uh, once I had it, everyone else around me wanted one. Um, I realized that just because you have a good tool, it doesn't mean that you know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So I started yes. to do workshops, coaching, helping people around me how to use the planner at its best. And uh, one of the biggest questions that, that uh, kept coming back to, to me, not just through coaching, but through my own experiences was, uh, how come that after a while you still revert to your good old self? And I'm mm -hmm. sure you can relate to this. Yes, very much you so. You pay a lot of money to a lot of expensive time management courses and six to eight weeks later, you're back to where you were before. And uh, uh, I bumped into this amazing lady from New Zealand, uh, Jane Albiston, and she started to talk about behavior and how that impacts all aspects of life. And, and I'm like, oh, actually, that's the missing link, the human factor. Mm -hmm. So I started to do a bit of research on, on, on how is behavior impacting what we do and how we do things and how can we actually develop uh, a relationship with our time because by then I knew that there has to be some other thing that I need to do first before I even can think about productivity. And this is how, how I started to look into behavior, behavioral science, and what does that mean and how does that impact uh, everything. And um, <clears throat> uh, down the track, I bumped into eDisc, which is our main tool now when we, we, we that we use when we talk about behavior. And um, here we are today talking about how uh, your your personal behavioral makeup is impacting your perception of time mm -hmm. and then how can you change what you do around time time mindset time management uh, from the perspective of of your uh, behavioral makeup so it becomes a sustainable change mm -hmm. and I guess that's the key uh, thing around what we do today but how did we land in this trio <laughs> well um, Kirsten jumped on board right from the almost from the get-go maybe mm. a year into or something like yeah. that yeah it wasn't quite a year into Ildi coming around and showing her her aunt her planner mm -hmm. her aunt planner and it was in a networking group I had a very very young baby at the time first time mum and I just launched my own business and I was like, I'm so organised but not organised mm -hmm. and I needed a tool that I knew that could work and when she explained the unique difference of her approach about planning and understanding the me methodologies of the way that she used this planner, it was, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. So I took this planner on board and it wasn't really that much <laughs> longer after I said to her, we need to make one. Yeah. We need to make one together. And it sort of just flowed on on from there. We we co-authored a planner together. We had hundreds and hundreds of, of um, wellness advocates taking on this planner. And, yeah, it was a really unique relationship with us. And so a lot of people sort of identify that we began working together with the planner, but then we started doing these workshops and people were really understanding how to use the tool and use the tool effectively mm -hmm. and 
those light bulb moments going off going, oh, now I understand where I'm missing my time and now I understand, you know, especially as a mum and a working mum that, you know, that the time can escape you mm-hmm. and when yes. you have it in front of you and you can see it in front of you, it really makes you understand exactly where and how you've spent that time. Yes. And then about two years ago, oh, it's almost two and a half, three, mm. almost three years now, <laughs> I bumped into Pooja. Yes. Uh, which is a funny thing because she's a habit change coach. What, what that means mm. is that I usually create and then Pooja makes sure that you really stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I need, I need you, Pooja. Yeah. <laughs> we all made Pooja. <laughs> so it's again a very funny story because I met Ildi again in a networking event. And when I found out what she does, and I said to her, we should be working together to, uh, one day. And it was just a fleeting conversation. And it, I didn't, you know, things that you say, um, it's that was the perfect example of what you throw out in the ether sometimes comes back to you. Yeah. And um, a few months down the line, we found ourselves doing workshops together, um, sharing clients together, um, literally bouncing clients off each other. And then we said to each other, this is stupid. We are just not giving uh, our clients the right kind of, you know, um, experience, the best client experience that they can have. They are, they have a hard sell, sale with her. Then they have a hard sale with me. Mm-hmm. They have to be convinced that both is essential for them. Yeah. Instead of that, it it just made sense that we create something together in which everything can be in-house, everything is in is a one-stop shop. It's it's not something that they have to go back and forth with. They know already right from the get-go that when they come on board, they have potentially three people who can help them mm-hmm. get where they want and to be. And a really good synergy from end, you know, end yeah. to end. Although there's never an ending, right? We all know that, yes. but you understand what I mean when you're taking on, you know, that experience of taking on coaches yes. or the experience <laughs> between the three of us. And the reality is that we, we were literally, I would embark <clears throat> with someone on a journey and I would stop about uh, three quarters of the way or half, half uh, at the halfway mark, I would realize that, uh, they already have all the tools, but they don't have the embedding um, mindset tools. So mm-hmm. the tools that I can't give because I don't have the right training to actually yeah. help them on this journey. And I would have to pull in Puja. And that was always, it almost felt like uh, I was upselling. Mm-hmm. While it wasn't yeah. an upsell, it was literally a necessity for them to get the best out of, of our journey together. So, um, so this is why... This January, we started to, <clears throat> well, actually, I threw the, the question at both of them, <laughs> kind of, because <laughs> that's how I do things. And I said, um, why not create a partnership that actually becomes that one-stop shop, that actually uh, gives our clients the right kind of journey and the right kind of support that that we like giving to everyone who bumps into us. So we started to have the, the chit-chat and, and uh, creating those first conversations, and um, on the 1st of July, we became officially the time fix. So these beautiful ladies have joined uh, under my brand this time because uh, <clears throat> it makes sense mm-hmm. to, to, to do what we do. And it's such a, an interesting niche. Uh, yes. You know, there's, uh, there's heaps of different coaches, but there's not many 
coaches that focus specifically on how can you become productive in your own unique way. Yes. And, uh, and, and this is how we started our, our journey together beginning with the 1st of July. I mean, nothing changed, but mm. a lot has changed mm. because uh, <laughs> we're still doing what we were doing a year ago, but this time we're doing it under one umbrella and, and it makes more like sense as well. Yeah. So, um, and the journey, the journey for the, for the client or the customer is, you know, the transition for them is a lot more smoother. As I mentioned before, with the synergy, it, it, it's just a lot easier for them to understand too how the journey begins yes. and how to go through that journey with us. Yes. I love that. And congratulations on, you know, bringing yourselves together and creating this new version of the time fix. I'm, I'm super curious because, you know, sometimes people might say, oh, you know, time is just a construct, you know, it's not really. I'm like, no, there's not. Like I, I've got a watch. And it tells me what the time is and it tells me that there's only 24 hours in a day and I need to spend, you know, ideally I don't spend this much. I should spend, you know, eight of them sleeping and I should be, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. So is time just a construct? What's your view yes. on that? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, you're blowing me up here. Gosh. Right. <laughs> Explain to me how time is just a construct. It's just a construct. It is a man-made concept to explain how how to explain our lives in general, right? From the time you are born till the time you go leave this world, it's a man's way to explain what that journey looks like. And that's why the concept of time there's no specific area in the brain that records what time really is or no specific area in the brain that lights up when you think about time. Mm -hmm. Like when you eat, there's a specific area in brain that lights up. When you touch something, a specific area in brain will light up. But when you're thinking about time, there's no such thing, which means that the way you perceive time is different from the way I perceive time and Kirsten and LD. So hmm. imagine the number of people in this world, each and every person perceives time differently. And this perception of time, we measure it in the same way, it's two different things. But how we perceive the concept of time is very, very influenced by your background, where you're born, what you have been taught about time, what you have been said to about time what it looks like in your culture it's very very specific to that person so yes language. time is a concept the language as well what does the language talk about when it comes to time right i can just give you an example in my language the time has multiple uh, words that will talk about time and each and every time it means different things at the different contexts which means that there is no single concept of time that we grow up with. Although we measure it in the same way, it's not the same because lots of cultures will measure time uh, according to the solar calendar because that's the general accepted concept. Some cultures will measure it according to the lunar calendar. So it is all over the place how it's been divided, how the day is divided in the day is different as well in different cultures. Mm -hmm. Right. So the concept of time is just a concept. It is a construct. It's a human construct. We measure it all in the same way, but it is a human construct. I think that makes sense to me now, because I guess we can confuse the measurement of time with time as 
the concept of the notion of time. So, exactly. you know, um, that that gives me a little more clarity around that. But I want to explore because you talked about, you know, the, the different views that we might have on time. So well, what are some examples of how people might view time? Because we, we talk about having, you know, a scarcity mentality, you know, when it comes to, to money or, a, you know, we've got a, a scarcity mentality or we've got an abundance mentality when it comes to things like money. Does that apply to time as well? Yes and no. <laughs> um, this is where the behavioural makeup comes uh, comes in the game, which obviously is highly influenced by, by your cultural background and all the things that Pooja just mentioned. Uh, but when it comes to, to behaviour, um, if you want to dissect it and just make it like a, a pure uh, review of, of how the different behavioural styles affect the way that you think about time, uh, which I need to say upfront, we just had this conversation before that no one is one pure um, behavioral style. So if we talk about dominant, uh, there's probably maybe 1% of the population mm-hmm. that is that is one. Mm-hmm. No one is all four at the same time. At all, oh, no, actually Wonder Woman is. Um, she was constructed to be the perfect creature. <laughs> and we all want to be. I just have to say that once upon a time, not that long ago, my my nickname with my friends was Wonder Woman and like my Facebook avatar was Wonder Woman for many, many years. So I'm curious about her profile. (laughs) What is the secret then? (laughs) So so the point is (laughs) that when you you look at the four major behavioral styles and this goes back to to Jung uh, back in the early 1900s, he identified four major personality types. Now, the problem with personality types is that when you look at something as personality traits, you actually create yourself a nice little box. Mm-hmm. You climb in willingly and you shut the, the door. Uh, so we, we don't like talking about personality types because we think that that is boxing you. While behavioral profiling, the power of behavioral profiling is uh, that you realize that you can be whoever you need to be. The only question is, what is going to be the cost to, do, to be that person? Mm, so if you need to be question. the driver, you can, you can actually be the driver. But if you're, it's not in your natural makeup, there will be a cost to it. Burnout will come a lot quicker. You will have to nurture yourself. You will have to make sure that you have everything in place so that you support yourself in that position. That is not your natural space. Uh, so we always talk about behavior from the perspective of, of what's the dynamic. In your makeup, you will have some strengths, you will have some weaknesses, but sometimes the weaknesses are more powerful than your strengths. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how can you actually use that in your favor instead of uh, uh, allowing uh, some, some sentences that are your personality traits to, to drive the way that you live your life. So when it comes to time, we always say that uh, there's some easy, fun ways of, of, of looking at, at uh, the basic connection between time and that behavioral style. And we're talking about four major ones. Um, well, to start with, only one, only one style understands that amazing sentence, time is money. The rest of the world, we all know it, we all hear it, we all use it, but we do not relate to it in any shape or form. And that's the dominant. To them, 
really time is money. So they do three time as a currency. What that means is that when you have someone who's a strong dominant person, you will, you will hear them. Um, um, no, they will be annoyed if you are even one minute late. Mm -hmm. They, <laughs> they, they will, uh, they, they will actually rush you through, through your sentences. They will say, yeah, yeah, yeah move on. Mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah. So, uh, they, they literally to them, time is one of the most precious things. And even if they don't realize it, it is their most precious uh, commodity. While an influencer, <laughs> go on, Fuja. Influencer will just, um, people and fun will take precedence over mm -hmm. everything else. And they'll find that this time will just slip away from them because they are more concerned about variety. They're more concerned about something new. They're more concerned about novelty. They're more concerned about making people happy. And in that process, the time just slips away from them. They can never take control of their time because everything else takes precedence. And which is okay, which is okay, but it's the awareness that's more important. Mm -hmm. That yes. knowing that that is what is important to you, how will you find that fine balance in making sure that you have novelty, you have people around you, you have at the same time getting things done when they need to be done. It's more so about the awareness. It's not so much about good or bad or healthy or helpful or unhelpful. It is about being aware why your time slips away is most important. Mm -hmm. Then you can create some some boundaries. Then yes. you can create systems and processes around it. Then you can catch yourself before yeah. you you mm -hmm. you have uh, all all the time slip away and so on. So you can do a lot once you are aware of of why do you have that relationship with your time. And often we hear from from strong influencers that they don't care about time. Mm because they know that it will slip away anyway. So they prefer to drop the ball because that's easier than actually understanding how can they still juggle the ball and keep it in the air. Mm -hmm. uh, while that's possible too, it will only take a bit of effort. Um, and now if you, we slide from there into a stabilizer, who is the nurturer, who actually loves people and uh, uh, it's all about uh, making sure that everything is is done. Your doers, if if you if you please, um, then you will find that their relationship with time is quite unique. And most of us do have a bit of S in us. So about 60-70% of the population does have in their makeup uh, quite a considerable amount of, of, of uh, uh, stabilizer. Well, the fun fact is that the stabilizer always has time. The only problem is that they are never aware of their time. It's almost like sitting on a pile of gold and you don't know that you're sitting on top of it. And why? Because to them, the biggest stress factor in their life is that they might run out of time. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a catch-22. Yeah. Uh, so the fun thing is that these are your people who, I mean, my dad, God bless his soul, is, um, he used to make us go wherever we were going a lot earlier than the earliest time we had to be there. Now, in an airport situation, this is being an hour earlier than the earliest time you have to be there. And you can imagine that yep. the D would probably go, what for? Uh, while while to, them, to him, it was essential. It was... Um, the, the, the safety that will never miss out. And it was sitting on a pile of time yeah. because we were doing nothing for an hour at least uh, because we had to be 
on time. Yes. So you see, it's really understanding your drivers because once you understand that, then you know that you don't have to have an hour. 20 minutes is more than enough as a buffer. And you suddenly have 40 minutes back into your pocket Mm -hmm. just through having a bit of awareness around it. And then we have the the compliance and probably Kirsten can talk to her the most and best about them. (laughs) She has a fair bit of it. (laughs) Um, I guess... With the compliance side, it's, yeah, really understanding that we're all about, you know, community and feeling like we need to be around people and making them feel comfortable because that's really what what compliance is all about. And it's understanding that there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of that shiny object syndrome in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we lose time, we slip, time slips away from us but we understand also that there is ramifications, but we choose sometimes not to just worry about them. Yeah. What she means, perfection, mm. you know, that, that P word. <laughs> perfection is more important to, to a compliant person than anything else. You finally got and to describing some, me. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, it's about going, going so far and going so hard to make it an absolute perfected form, whatever it is, because in my mind it's it's never going to be complete. It's never going to be perfected. And you have to understand when you when you have that compliance in you that sometimes done is better than perfection. Mm. You know, and you have to look at at a at a client or a customer point of view that they actually think it's brilliant and it's amazing and only you can see that it's not that perfection. Yes. Yeah, that one resonates so, with me so much. And the yeah. funny thing is I used to say, you know, when I was, was in the corporate world and I had, you know, staff and I would see them faffing about over over details and I would say to them, you know, that perfect or, you know, perfect is the enemy of, of productive. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and let's not let perfect get in the way of productive. Never followed that advice myself. Let me just say, I am a recovering yep. perfectionist. <laughs> my 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 quest for perfection is what led me to burnout, and I still find mm. myself doing it now. You know, when I'm creating something, I am obsessing over the most minute detail that nobody but me mm-hmm. would know is whether it's it's right or wrong or or, or, or good enough. But I'm just so obsessed with only putting out perfect stuff. And then suddenly what I thought was going to take me an hour, it's like three hours later, I'm like, oh, shit, where did all my time go? And I'm like, no, Margaret, you know where your time went. Your time went because you spent all of it doing that thing there. And then I'm like, well, you'll just have to sleep less um, because you still need to get stuff done. So I think I'm fitting a little bit in the compliant bucket. There was some of what you said about the dominant, you know, in the time is money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the more hours I'm awake and the more I can work, the more time I can spend working, the more money, you know, we can make. And I don't say that from a, you know, for those with with, with um, mindsets around wealth, which is, a lot, oh, my God, I'm just all about the money. But when we're growing businesses, you know, when we're trying to achieve things, our time is where we where we can make our money. Whereas the C is completely opposite, Margaret completely opposite we just don't think about that we just want the whole experience for that person or you know the community and themselves 
to feel like they're a part of something. Yeah. And the perfection of making sure and, and, you know, that end product is so good that they can't refuse it. Yeah. So it's interesting the polar opposites that by the sounds of it, it sounds like you've got the D, but you've also got C in you as well. And so like what Ildi said in the beginning is is that we are mostly a combination of two, maybe three certain behavioural styles. Yeah. So I'm so certainly not the one that gets to the airport an hour before you have to. I am not that person. <laughs> I am the, you know what, I don't, think I've, I don't think they've started boarding yet, so I'm not late. I'm in that category <laughs> of, of, of people. <laughs> now, we use the P word there. We talked about, you know, being productive and productivity. Can we explore mm. that word? A little because, you know, yeah. sometimes when I think of that word, we think about being at work and how much stuff can you get done in a day. Like productivity can sometimes have the the, the definition of it's all about volume of what we get mm. done. So talk to me about how you guys view productivity and help people to understand that concept. Well, here's the thing. I think everyone has to define productivity for themselves. Uh, that's the first thing. And the other thing that we we, we 100% believe in is that uh, uh, everyone's productivity style will be different uh, to the other person. So there's no such thing as one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why when it comes to productivity, I think the most important thing is having a bit of clarity around your goals. And I know that, that people are a bit scared and afraid of this word goal, but the reality is that If you don't have goals, it's like jumping in the car and telling your GPS, take me somewhere. (laughs) Where is somewhere? So you, you, uh, once you understand how you function and then you can set some goals that are realistic to you, not to someone else, to you personally, then you can work out a plan that suits, again, you and it has the right elements and it has the right... Uh, variety that you need and it helps you you um, go towards what you want to achieve um, then, then then we can start about talking about productivity and defining what productivity looks like from the perspective of where you want to go because productivity will look like uh, uh, in a holiday environment you can still be productive when you are on a holiday it's just a different kind of productivity uh, but while, while you can, you, you will define the way that you will be productive in a, in a work environment. Again, it is defined by what do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go? Uh, and often we find that uh, people talk about smart goals and they mm-hmm. talk about the team, you know, and they say it's timely and then they put a date to, to, to the goal and they think we're done. And we're always laughing because the reality is that that T, that timely factor is what makes or breaks a goal. Uh, because if you set your, your, your goals just by thinking, oh, I think I should be achieving that, then you suddenly have a, a goal that is totally disconnected to you. Hmm. What if you don't have enough time? So uh, at the end of the day, what we are trying to say is that uh, we land up holding ourselves to somebody else's standards. That's where that's where the biggest thing lies. While emulation is the biggest form of flattery, emulating someone and adopting their style of doing things is not always the right thing to do. 
because you may be completely different person from that other person that you're trying to copy or follow in the footsteps of or filling the shoes of their journey would have been completely different from yours from where they started mm-hmm. right what life experiences they may have had is completely different from yours at the moment so trying to follow somebody else's ways of doing things or holding yourself to somebody else's standards is one of the biggest pitfalls we have when it comes to thinking about productivity it's about defining what it means for you right now right here in this current situation that you are in being aware that let's talk to the moms in the group that might be listening to this being aware that you are a mom you have little children who are dependent on you so being realistic around that that you are not always going to get things done and being aware that you know being guilty around okay i should do it shooting yourself i should Oof. do this i should do that that's a swear that word that is the worst thing you can do it is <laughs> yeah it is um is is one of the worst things you can do for yourself at the end of the day you're not being productive looking after your children when you have to be completely present because you're thinking about 10 different things you have to do that's where the biggest pitfalls lie let's let's just take it that <clears throat> In the end, I don't think that productivity is the most important bit. I think knowing how to prioritize the right way for you is much more important than being productive. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, if you have your priorities in order, let's say leaving the dishes overnight is not a crime. Mm-hmm. But not finishing that income producing activity that will actually pay for the bills uh, should be much more important uh, than than just doing the dishes or mopping the floors or or folding you know your 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 laundry or or ironing for that mm-hmm. matter mm-hmm. because all these things can actually be easily delegated outsourced and yeah, so yeah. on if you have created the right uh, wealth behind them so it's it's knowing what's your priority what's important to you how do you want to live your life um in an ideal world if money wouldn't count what does life look like these are much more important questions than than uh uh you know how am i productive i'll give you an example years ago when my daughter was quite young um i said to i even said to ildi that i'd made a pact with myself that once you know it's in the afternoon late in the afternoon it's usually about 4:35 o'clock that's it my phone's on silent and i don't answer it i don't care who's calling me who's messaging me and especially you know being a solopreneur and having your own business and people can't thinking that you're available 24/7 <laughs> and you want to respond to them straight away yep. we all do it and it, we all find it really hard not to not respond straight away but i had to make that agreement with myself that i needed to be present for myself but also for my daughter it's annoying <laughs> it's annoying but it's true but i had to do it because of the type of behavioral style that i fit into and yep. the type of personality that i had if i hadn't i would have gone back to burnout and i've been there before so i knew that that was really important for me and you know it makes you more productive and that's mm-hmm. where my time my productivity falls in alignment with where i wanted to be and what i wanted to do and look we can say with puja that we we know this and and we know that there are hard boundaries around that and this is when when you start working with uh, with others you need to start understanding how they prefer to work and what their uh uh journey to to 
to to better productivity for for a, like yeah would look like because in the end once you understand how the other person likes to to work you suddenly uh, can work out how to work around those hard boundaries how to not step on onto to the other person's uh, value system how to actually support that person instead of uh, sabotaging that person and and i guess uh, um, i mean we're a trio um, as you can see uh, they say that two is a partnership, three is a crowd. Mm-hmm. So we actually took on board the crowd. Uh, <laughs> but, but we do believe that that uh, we all bring to the table a unique set of skills and helping each other and understanding each other in the first place is, is probably the first and most important thing. And that's what we bring to not just individuals, but teams too, because we work quite a lot with teams. Uh, so uh, one of our passion is to to show people who are in one unit how can they help each other instead of stepping onto each other's toes and we often work with uh, uh, partners husband and wives uh, because uh, uh, there's this disconnect where there's expectations on on all sides uh, but you you never bring them to the table and you never show them why is one side expecting one thing and the other side expecting another thing and then all you get is you know the flames and the fireworks and and uh, the yelling and the pointing fingers instead of actually realizing that i do that because this is my need uh and 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 just honoring that space because suddenly we become better human beings when we don't expect when we're not treating others like like uh, we want to be treated, but we treat them like they want to be treated. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting point, and whether that is, um, you know, teams or businesses in the, in the workplace, but I guess also you know partnerships in the home. If that is your your spouse or your partner, and they've got a different view as to you know, um, I, I was once upon a time married to that that one that had to be there the hour early, um, and I was I was never that person. So that cause some moments of, of, of tension. But if you've got, you know, let's imagine, you know, typical scenario for our listeners, um, you know, in, in a relationship, so partner or, or spouse, there's probably some, you know, school-aged children, they're both working, there's weekend sports, there's after-school stuff, there's errands, groceries, housework, work, you know, just let's just sounds like normal life for so many of us. <laughs> And you would say to a, you know, a super busy working, working mum, you know, you've got to prioritise. I used to say that I didn't believe in time management. It was all about priority management. But then you get to the point where, you know what, it's all important because you get to this state of overwhelm where, well, what can I let go? What can I not do? Because everything is equally as important as everything else. Mm -hmm. And then you might have the added complexity of having, you know, a a partner or, or a spouse who he was of the view that, oh, that's all right, they can just wait, we don't need to worry about that. They might have a different view. So two two parts of this question, I guess. I mean, you've just talked about Pooja? understanding the other yeah. person's We need to pass it over to Pooja. How do we do this? How do we how do we get out of the habit of being busy and thinking that everything is important? Pooja, help me here. Uh, <laughs> Well, the biggest thing is, again, that conversation that has to happen with your significant other. Uh, it's about sitting down together. And and I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have listened to this, that you need to kind of share chores 
all right but again there are chores that not everybody likes to do do them for example in my house i absolutely hate to do the laundry i cannot stand doing the laundry or hanging the clothes out or folding them that's not me so but my husband loves doing it so i'm like that's your your job so it's that conversation that comes from from understanding what each of you like doing and when mm. right and when is the biggest 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 thing when do they like doing it and if they don't like doing it in the morning that's okay just let go but you know that they like doing it they will do it at some point as long as it gets done a lot of the mums what happens is that they have in their head this idea that certain things have to happen at a certain time of the day and that's where they don't know how to let go yeah it's almost as if if the dishes are not done before i leave the house the world's going to come crashing down it does not because who's there in the house to look at those dirty dishes anyway in the in the during the day yeah but but do you need so to know so what if they go in the dishwasher <laughs> before after you come back home So what you need to know that in Puja's household Puja is the early riser. Yeah. Her husband is the late night owl who likes to sleep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to 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 be flexible and you have yeah. to understand the other person's needs. And it's it's fun. It's uh, it, we, we often have a have a conversation and and is like Shh, you know we still have someone sleeping in the house. So it's it's yeah. just <laughs> understanding what the other person's needs are uh, and and not judging. Mm-hmm. Not judging. Because in the end, if someone is a a late night owl, who am I to say that that's the wrong thing to do? I mean, I am a late night owl. These are the early risers in <laughs> in our trio, so so they know that they can't talk to me before nine o'clock because I won't function properly before nine o'clock. So Whereas no we've point. already spent half a day up. Yes. <laughs> we've already been talking to each other for three hours. You know? <laughs> so it's a. Uh, just the way it's honoring each other's space mm-hmm. it's okay if your partner says we can do it later but create those parameters around it like what does later okay. mean is it going to be 2 months down the line is it going to be 6 months down the line mm-hmm. or it's going to be just left in the ether that's not it's creating those those parameters if you say it can wait till later what do you mean by that creating those definitions mm-hmm. and once those definitions are created it also creates that level of accountability for each of you as well that if you're saying it happens later and you said to me it's going to happen in 2 days time then it's okay to ask you said you did you you did say later means 2 days later have has it happened does that if that makes sense yes. right yeah. and the both of you can can have that same level of conversation I mean That, it's it's yeah. just giving us another example <clears throat> my husband he's a uh I think he's a high C we haven't really done a test <laughs> trying to keep work away from from home uh but the whole point is that the way the, the reason why I think he is a high C is because he likes to actually do research and before he makes a decision he needs to have all the facts mm-hmm. so while I'm a D I just jump out the thing and then I make a decision and I move forward. I've learned to actually give him space and time to do the research and 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 come up with a, a good solution because otherwise one of us will not be happy. Yes. So and it's it, the opposite in my house. <laughs> I'm the C and my my husband's the dominant. So yeah, we 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 relate to all of these. So my things. husband has a high eye in in his making. So 
every day there's something new that comes out of his mouth that he's going to do. And I've learned to not, I mean, just learn to listen to it because I know that the next minute it's going to change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that until he's absolutely con- convinced about everything that he said he wants to do, he's not going to go and do it because he's got a little bit of S in him as well. So sometimes it just is a, a a burst of energy that this is what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And I've learned to not hold him accountable to that because I know that this is just his way of venting. Maybe it's something he just needs to tell me and move on. And that's it. And now let's tie that this back into productivity because if you start to think about all these different examples, in the if you are not aware of the other side's uh, preference of of being then uh, you might think that they are just wasting time or uh, they are never consistent and nothing will be done or you you will start making assumptions that are pretty much incorrect and this dismissive in many cases Mm -hmm. and misleading in in all cases so in the end understanding how you, your, you relate to time and how you prefer doing things will help developing uh, clear directions, uh, milestones, uh, pit stops if you need to. Uh, it will help you figure out how things will get done. And in the end, it will help you become productive in your own specific and preferred way so that you can live without that stress and so that you can give yourself permission to be silly to be uh, present for your children and do crazy things, to to have a bit of fun in life, to not worry all the time about uh, uh, money and income and business and you name it, uh, so that you can actually live and so that you can so, so so you can define what living means to to you as a person, not just you, you and your family, no and, matter what that looks like. And also, the communication becomes a lot better you are actually communicating your needs to each other because most of the things that goes wrong in a relationship is assuming mm-hmm. what that person should yes. know about you. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's that assumptions. You Just because you love someone and you are with someone, can you cannot assume that that person knows you completely and can read you inside. It, it will never happen. Oh. Nobody's a mind reader. So the communication becomes easier. You can tell that person what you need in a way that they understand and, and vice versa. And the same happens in, in, in a workplace. Yeah. We make assumptions about the people around us and we don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, you end up having uh, leaders who turn around and say, why aren't you self-motivated? Yes, that's a big one, isn't it? I I can't be self-motivated. Or why can't you finish the job like I do in the same amount of time that I do it? Why is it taking you an hour longer? Yes, we hear all that. (laughs) So you get all these really interesting uh, uh, perspectives and once you start asking questions and paying a bit more attention to the people around you, you suddenly understand how can you help them be the best version of themselves. And in the end, I think being productive is being the best version of yourself. Yeah, that's a great answer. It's a great yeah, answer. So, write that down. <laughs> write that down. Make a T-shirt out of that one. <laughs> so, so you mentioned um, earlier about, you know, creating some, some, some planets. So if I was wanting to say, 
how do I how do I do better with my time? How do I do more with my time? How do I feel less stressed about time? Where, where would I start with really starting to understand all of that and how would a planner help me with that? Well, we always suggest that if you really want to start understanding yourself, do, do an assessment, do a behavioral assessment and do an unpack uh, with anyone who is trained uh, in, 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 uh, in a modality uh, like us. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it doesn't matter with who, just do an assessment and have a bit of clarity around what is your makeup so that you can have at least some sort of base ground uh, to build on. Uh, because the moment that you do that, you will start understanding how can you use the tools that are around you. And it really doesn't matter what kind of planner you have in, in your hand. Yes, the planner that that uh, I created seven, eight years ago um, is designed to actually keep you help you keep an eye on your goals and, and create a visual uh, representation of your time. Uh, but in the end, the key is that you need to somehow show yourself what where, where does your time go and where would you prefer your time to go and people say to me oh but why would i use color and why would i use a planner the reality is that um we are highly visual creatures if you don't believe me try walking around with a scarf around your 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 eyes for half an hour and see how visual you really are even in a familiar space like your home so um having that visual tool that you open your planner or you can recreate that on, on, a, on a computer too. But having that overview of your time is crucial because it will show you at a blink of an eye, do I have enough income producing activities? Do I spend too much time in admin? Uh, am I in front of enough people to build my business? Uh, do I have enough family time in my, in my uh, 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 planner? And often we find that people use planners just to show the business bits and they mm. forget that in the end, we're not living to work, we work to live. Yes, yes. So it's, it's uh, uh, using a planner at its best will always help you have that supportive visual tool to help you create the life you you dream and deserve because in the end that's what we want we want to to live and often uh, especially moms in business i think we mm. do this uh, we jump into a business we think that uh, we're doing that because we want more flexibility we want to be around our families we want to do all these amazing things and then we end up being the slave of our own business and suddenly kids become secondary and husbands become secondary and uh, all the, the important things that we really wanted to do why we started the business become unimportant and secondary and often they don't even appear in our plans. Yes. So um, <laughs> it really makes you feel more accountable. <laughs> yeah, and being able to stay accountable for seeing, visually seeing what you've got planned ahead. Mm -hmm. And like Ildi said, especially putting that time aside for your for your family because a lot of women just don't understand the importance of being connected and spending that quality time with their family is just as important as the business that perhaps they're trying to operate as well. Yes, yes. And scheduling in their own time, I guess, and whether whatever yeah, you absolutely. do with that time to schedule in me time. 100%. And here's, here's one trick because people say to us often that, 
oh, but what's the point in doing it? It's, it will change. And so what? Life is life. It will always change. Someone will be sick uh, in the middle of the weekend and you were planning a huge work day. Uh, plans are there to be changed and no plan is set in stone. These are the two things you need to remember. But if you are not planning, you will never have anything that you can change. True. So the, the, the key is have at least uh, an image in your head of what you would like to happen. And if it changes, well, it's life. It will change. But if, if, if you don't have that plan, it's again, it's like jumping in that car, turning on the GPS and telling the GPS, take me somewhere. Yes. Yes. I love that analogy about, you know, take me somewhere because, yeah, we've got to have some kind of direction, um, you know, and, and I sometimes, some weeks I'm really, really good at it. And then other weeks I get to the end of the week and I'm like, I don't know what you actually did this week, Margaret. Like you were busy, but doing what, you know? And, yeah, and you so know, for, yeah, so, you know, for me it's about finding the balance between what are the activities that I'm doing that are revenue producing, what are the activities I'm doing, you say, you know, that the networking events and sometimes it can be like, oh, I just don't want to go to another networking event and kill me now, but I know I have to do it. And then it's there's the admin, which I completely suck at and I hate, but I know I have to do it. There's the how much time did I spend on social media this week because there is a black hole of time if ever there was one um and then there's the I guess my fun stuff that I get to do from a business perspective which is stuff like this like the podcast it's like my fun project I love doing it I you know sometimes do it too much I might do you know I'm going to record three episodes for the podcast today I'm like oh can I put them all out straight away because this was like so much fun to do um I don't always do a really good job of scheduling in me time that's still you know, and ironically, you know, when I quit my job to do this, you know, part of it was I was going to get all this time to myself. And, you know, sometimes I look at the dog and he's looking at me going, please, mum, just just five minutes at the park. And I'm like, yeah, OK. There you go. We've got it already. <laughs> right. So so I think I think I've got some takeaways from this as well, which is that, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, what? I just finished writing a chapter in a book that's actually called Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy. And so, which is all about breaking up with being busy and finding time for happy in your life. So I'm going to go and take a whole stack of your advice and a whole stack of my advice um, and, <laughs> and stop being so busy because that's what we're all looking to do is to not be busy, find our happy, make time for our happy um, and, mm -hmm. uh, and do, more of, do more of what lights us up in life. So Ildi, Kirsten and Pooja, thank you so much for chatting with us today on Living the Queen Life podcast. We will post all of your contact details in the show notes um, so that the listeners can go check out your website um, and visit all of your links and um, see how they too can get and make, well, I don't know, we're getting more time back. We're making better use of our time. But whatever we're doing, we're living a life that we love with the time that we have got. 100%. That's the most important thing. Thank you for listening to Living the Queen Life podcast. You can join in on the conversation at Queen of My Own Universe on Facebook, Queen of My Own Universe 1 on Instagram, or visit the website at www.queenofmyownuniverse.com. Please join me again soon, and in the meantime, keep on living your best queen life.